Hi, I'm Randy Weddle. I'm your host for Creation Anew. I pastor two churches in Indiana, Community Church of Mooresville, located in Mooresville, Indiana, and I also pastor Mount Pleasant Christian Church, located in the great town of Hall, Indiana. And this podcast is designed to challenge both believers in Jesus Christ and those who don't believe. I want to challenge believers to grow in their faith. And I want to challenge non-believers to take a serious look at the Bible. Are you ready? Let's get started. Well, welcome again, everybody, to Creation Anew. I'm so glad that you're with me today. What I would like to do is I would like to go through chapter 5 of Galatians. And I want to talk about something that's near and dear to the heart of every human being and that is freedom now remember we're talking about a group of people that uh, are are being coerced or being deceived um, in Galatia to give up the freedom they have in Jesus Christ and to take on the bondage of trying to fulfill the law in order to be saved we have learned that we don't have to do that But let's look a little bit more into things and get an understanding of the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ and what that means. So let's start off. I'm going to read chapter 5 to you of Galatians. Galatians chapter 5, starting at verse 1, says, It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Behold, I, Paul, say to you that if you receive circumcision, Christ will be of no benefit to you. And I testify again to every man who receives circumcision that he is under obligation to keep the whole law. You have been severed from Christ. You who are seeking to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit, by faith, are waiting for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything, but faith working through love. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion did not come from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that you will adopt no other view, but the one who is disturbing you, will bear his judgment, whoever he is. But I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why am I still persecuted? Then the stumbling block of the cross has been abolished. I wish that those who are troubling you would even mutilate themselves. For you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk in the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, 
impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. Okay, so we're talking about freedom here. And Paul starts off in verse 1 and he says, It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Now, do you understand that if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are free. You are free from the mastery of sin. You can say no to sin. You can say yes to Jesus Christ. And so Paul is clearly establishing that those who have faith in Christ, who have trusted in him for justification, are free children of God. We even see that in verse 31 of chapter 4. So in light of this, Paul makes a, a wonderful statement here that it was for freedom, for the cause of freedom, that Jesus has set us free. Do you understand that if you're a believer, that's your position today? And we are free from vain rites and rituals. We are free from those things. Let me tell you something. I struggle just a little bit with obsessive compulsive behavior. And so the first time that I went through the law of Moses, when it talked about like the ceremonial washings, I was like ripe. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh my gosh, I got to wash every two to three minutes. I'm free from that. You are free from those things. We don't, we don't have to do those things. And believe me, there is a bondage if you try to work to gain God's favor. But there's a freedom when you rest in Jesus Christ. And that's what he's done. He set us free. Jesus says... Um, that if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. So Paul says, therefore, keep standing firm in verse 1, and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. In other words, don't go back and don't enter into this. Don't, don't try to work your way into heaven. Be free. Verse 2, Behold, I, Paul, say to you that if you receive circumcision, Christ will be of no benefit to you. So if you decide to go into, into slavery, you are removing yourself from the only avenue of freedom, which is Christ. That doesn't mean that if a believer slips into legalism or slips, you know, if they, if they, you can't lose your salvation if you're a believer and all of a sudden you get deceived to try to, you know, to, to work to gain God's favor. That's not what Paul is saying here. But he's saying you are just simply missing out you're missing out on the avenue of freedom. Don't. Don't miss out. He says further in verse 3, I testify again to every man who receives circumcision that he is under obligation to keep the whole law. 
You have been severed from Christ. You are seeking to be justified by law. You have fallen from grace. Now again, this isn't a statement saying that you have lost your salvation, but you are just simply turning away from your freedom. Don't. Turn, turn back to freedom, Paul is saying. Verse 5, For we, through the Spirit, by faith, are waiting for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything but faith working through love. The key to the Christian life is loving God by trusting Him. And if you trust Him, you're going to love other people. That's the only thing that matters. And we don't even love to be saved. We love because we are saved. So there is no circumcision or uncircumcision in Christ. We are all the same. So, and that's a reference there to, you know, to Jews or Gentiles. Jews and Gentiles are saved the same way, by faith. Verse 7, you were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Now, so Paul starts turning his attention to the one that's causing trouble here. Verse 8, this persuasion did not come from him who calls you. In other words, Jesus is not calling you into slavery. He's calling you into freedom. Verse 9, a little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. So if you let just a little bit of, of falsehood in, it can really affect everything. Just reject false teaching. That's one of the reasons, guys, why I get so ticked off whenever someone is trying to give false teaching to people and and because it's dangerous and it's deceptive and it brings people into bondage verse 10 i have confidence in you in the lord that you will adopt no other view but the one who is disturbing you will bear his judgment whoever he is so paul is trusting here that the people are going to turn back to the truth and that the one who is giving this false teaching is going to get his or her comeuppance. I'm going, to, I'm going to guess it's probably a guy doing this. Verse 11, But I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why am I still persecuted? Then the stumbling block of the cross has been abolished. Paul says, If I would teach that you need to follow the Mosaic law to be saved, why are the Jews, many of the prominent Jews, or the, the Jews that are against Christ, why are they coming after me? And if you notice Paul's life in the book of Acts, he was hounded by unbelieving Jews up until the end. And he said, look, I'm still being persecuted because I'm teaching not the law, I'm teaching faith in Christ. And if I'm teaching the law, then the stumbling block of the cross has been abolished. But the stumbling block of the cross is a good thing. That's what it's designed to do is to make people stumble, and it's going to cause division. Verse 12, I wish that those who are troubling you would even mutilate themselves. Listen, this is, uh, um, people, <laughs> people have this idea that Christianity is just kind of the meek and mild people. What Paul says in verse 12 here, it, now just think about this. Think about the, 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 um, the procedure of circumcision and then Paul and these people are trying to encourage circumcision. Okay, um, these people are trying to encourage to to follow the law. The circumcision is part of the law, and uh, they're they're telling the Galatians, "You need you know 
hey, we need to institute circumcision for God to be happy with you. Think about the act of circumcision and then listen again to verse 12. You're going to get a new perspective on the Apostle Paul. I wish that those who are troubling you would even mutilate themselves. Do you know what he's saying? He's saying, you know what? You want to teach circumcision in order to, in order to be saved? Why don't you just go ahead and take everything off? Does that shock you? Yeah, that's how ticked Paul was that people were being deceived into lies. It's okay to have a righteous anger. And certainly if people are being deceived away from faith in Christ, salvation in Christ, and freedom in Christ, by golly, it should make us ticked off. It should make us mad. And Paul is, is uh, showing his... Uh, displeasure and I say that word <laughs> it's 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 a hotter thing than displeasure verse 13 for you were called to freedom brethren only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh but through love serve one another so we're free in Christ we do not have to work our way into heaven so we're free if we if we do sin we confess it we get up and we move on isn't that isn't that free and he said, but listen, just because you're free doesn't mean that you should be doing anything and everything. Now, we don't follow rules in order to gain God's favor. We follow rules because we want to obey him, because we want to love him. And Paul says here, Paul says here do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. In other words, use your freedom to love one another. Now there are certain things that we can do that you know that that the Bible may not say that we can't do them or we can do them. They're just kind of gray areas. We have to be careful because we can do things that may be okay, but they may not be the best things for us. Let me give you an example. If you are someone who is attracted to alcohol to get drunk, you are free in Christ to drink alcohol just as long as you don't get drunk. But if you drinking alcohol makes someone else stumble, then don't use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. If you are inclined to drink too much alcohol and get drunk, don't use your freedom for an opportunity for the flesh. It would be better just to say, I think I'm just going to stay away from alcohol. And uh, that's not legalism. That's just, that's just being prudent. That's being loving to other people. Verse 14. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now Paul mentions the second greatest commandment. The freedom of the believer is to simply love God and love his or her neighbor. That's, that's, all, that's all the burden that's put on us. That's it. Now there are a lot of things with that. But if you want to sum up the Christian life, just simply love God by trusting Him, obeying Him, and if you're obeying Him, you're going to love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 15, But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. In other words, an appeal to love, loving your neighbor, caring for each other. Verse 16, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. If you are trusting Christ, 
if you are looking into his word, studying his word, and obeying what his word is telling you to do, you are walking by the Spirit. That's what that means. Verse 17, for the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. Paul talks about this in Romans. That he says, the things I don't want to do, I do. The things I do, I, I, I don't want to do. And we have that in the Christian life. Sometimes we will do things and we'll go, I don't want to do that. It's kind of like the concept if I say, don't think of pink elephants. What's the first thing you're thinking of? Pink elephants, right? Okay, if, I, if we're in a room together and I say, don't look up there, and I point to a corner of the room, you're immediately <laughs> going to look up in that corner. That's because we still have a sin nature within us. And we still get attracted to those things that we shouldn't. Um, and and uh, our bodies, our flesh, our our literal bodies, and our 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 body, our, our minds that are still corrupted by sin, will still go and tend to go in a way that disobeys God. But if we are constantly trying to obey God. We are walking in the Spirit. We can't count on our flesh. We can't count on our our minds without being renewed by Scripture. We can't count on our bodies. Our bodies will fail us. So we have to listen to God's Word. Verse 18, But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. Again, the same theme going on here. And then Paul goes in, and he starts talking about the deeds of the flesh. And I don't want to get into these things um, individually. But if you want more information about these things, just email me. My email is randy at creationanew.com. Verse 19, Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. Those are things that we see. We can see them in our lives and we say, I don't want those things. Sometimes they still happen. You know, there are times whenever we, we have an, out, an outburst of anger, for example. I still have those times. That's when my flesh takes over, and I am not in obedience to God. We have to, we have to curtail those things. We have to say no to those things. And it's a, it's a lifestyle. It's a, it's a practice. And it's of these things, Paul says, that he has forewarned the Galatians that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, you'll find this concept in 1 John where 1 John talks about um, those who, who practice sin don't know God. They are not believers. And this, this doesn't mean that a believer um, can't have a season of sin. Look at David. It doesn't also mean that a believer, um, that, that doing things you know once means you're practicing them. To practice sin, what you're talking about here is having a lifestyle where you are not even aware 
that you're doing these things, that you are sinning against God, and that you don't even care. Okay? So it's it's just it's having a lifestyle where this stuff is a part of your nature to the point where it, it doesn't it just doesn't bother you anymore. When you get to that point, if you cannot control your sinful nature, then you have to start taking a look and saying, Am I a believer? But it doesn't mean that if you do a sin more than once that you are not a believer. Okay? We can be deceived as believers. We can get into a season of sin. And that, that can happen. That's not what Paul is talking about here. He's talking about people who are just steeped into this uh, into uh, into a sinful lifestyle they never have any conviction that what they're doing is sin nothing like that verse 22 but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control against such things there is no law in other words these are attributes of God's spirit within us that when we see these things we know that it is from God's spirit and Paul says these things there is no law in other words th this isn't a list to follow as much as it is a an attitude or a lifestyle a heart condition now again it doesn't mean that you're not a believer if you don't always show love joy peace patience and so on but your life should pick up more of these as you go along. It's called growth. Again, if you want questions on these, please uh, send your questions to randy at creationanew.com. Now those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. That is a literal thing that's happened. That's a position. Paul talks about this in Romans, that we are crucified with Christ that we are, um, we are buried with him, we are crucified with him and buried with him and raised with him. And we are, we are getting rid of our sinful nature more and more. We're trying to, trying to overcome it. Verse 25, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, verse 26 says, challenging one another and envying one another. So, Paul is talking about freedom here. He's talking about the freedom we have in Christ. And what we can take away from this is that, number one, Jesus has set us free. We do not have to obey sin as believers. Number two, we are free. We're more free than we were under the law, obviously. But we can't use our freedom to just satisfy our flesh. In other words, we need to look at ourselves as dead to sin. The Bible talks about that as well. And that's a lifestyle. That's a practice. And, and we start, um, as believers, we start getting rid of the sinful practices that we have and start taking on that fruit of the Spirit. So, what about you? How, how, is, your, how is your Christian walk going? Do you feel like you're taking two steps forward, three steps back? You know what? I'm not encouraging you to sin. I'm not encouraging you to to um, to not grow. But even when we fail, 
we are still free in Christ. All right, guys. Um, if you want more on this, uh, I, I went through this pretty quickly. If you want more on this, please email me. Again, randy at creationanew.com, and you can get more information on this. Guys, thank you so much for listening and supporting. I hope this uh, is uh, a benefit to you. We're just about done with Galatians, and then we're going to get into some other things. And uh, uh, we'll just keep moving along here. So, guys, thank you so much. Tell others about this podcast. Pray for me. You can subscribe to the podcast, and I appreciate you all. And until next time, bye-bye.